Before we get this party started, I want to take a moment to give a big shout out to our newest Patreon, Jenny F. Thank you so, so much for supporting the pod. I am sending you right now a virtual hug right as we speak. I hope you can feel it. And if you too are interested in receiving your own virtual hug from me and a shout out on the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. The link to that is in the show notes. And I hope you enjoy this upcoming episode. Welcome to the Yoga and Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Weber, a yoga teacher and embodiment teacher who is living, loving, and learning every day here in the wonderful Austin, Texas. And I am oh so curious about all things yoga and. Sometimes it's just me sharing with you on this show. Other times I interview the people in the mind-body world who are contributing to their communities in creative in innovative ways. By the way, this podcast is a nod to all those people who are being of service in their communities. This show is about celebrating them. Today, we'll explore the subject of yoga and motherhood. I'm especially excited about this episode because I'll be interviewing new mother and yoga teacher, Sean Watson. I knew Sean back in the day when we were both little 20-nothing babies, and oh, how we have grown up. We will be discussing all about yoga and motherhood, and Sean will share with us how yoga has informed being a mom, along with other insights. Whether you're a mother or not, I know you will find this episode quite interesting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, y'all. All right, joining us on today's episode is yoga teacher and mother, Sean Watson. Hey, Sean, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad you're on. Um, yeah, we, we go way back um, to another life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, truly. Um, it seems like yeah. another life. Galaxy Cafe is how we've met in Austin. And since then, you've um, moved to Houston and you have a family now. That's right. Yeah, it's um, been the better part of a decade since we've seen each other in person but thanks to social media it feels like I get to see what you're up to often so I'm excited to be here yeah you were one of the first people I knew who was getting her yoga teacher training before I ever thought about it and so I was just thinking about you the other day about how you kind of inspired that path like maybe not realizing it but so I just wanted to have you on here just to kind of see um see how you've been and um would you like to introduce yourself just a little bit more um tell us who you are what you're about sure so like you said i'm sean watson um i've been teaching well so i'll back up i've been practicing for what will be about 10 years this year i was looking back and kind of thinking back to when i started like seriously practicing. I think I had been dabbling in it for a while, but since I really started practicing regularly, it has been about 10 years. So that is wild. Um, And I got my teaching certification in 2011 and started teaching in 2012. So it's been over eight years since I started teaching. Um, I was in Austin for 
four years and now have been in Houston for five years and have been teaching for most of that time. Um, obviously right now things are a little bit different, but so I haven't been teaching uh, a regular schedule as much as I probably would have been otherwise. But uh, like you said, I had a baby about, well, he just turned 16 months on Sunday. So it's been 16 months and uh, yeah, so I've been, this teaching schedule has looked a little bit different since then. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into all that. Yeah, um, this episode is about yoga and motherhood. Um, I like to ask everyone on the show, what is your personal definition of yoga? So I probably can't take um, complete credit of this definition. You've had Giacana Parker on, I know, a few times, and she is one of my, she's my first teacher. And even though I don't get to see her that often, I still kind of consider her my primary teacher. So this probably is like, I probably got this from her, if I'm being honest. But the, like, definition, definition of the word yoga is to yoke or to unite. And so I think that really has stuck with me. Um as I teach and think about what yoga and the practice is, is the, the purpose of it is to unite. So it's to unite within ourselves, our breath, our body, our spirit. It's to unite um, a community. Uh, you know, it's, it's to unite. Mm, I, I love that definition. That's, and I love hearing people's different definitions. Every single person on the show has had a different definition and it's, yeah. all, and it's all wonderful. Um, so I love the unite part that you bring to that answer. Um, so I'm also going to ask you, how would you describe being a new mother, motherhood? What is that like? Uh, so the word that comes to mind when I think about motherhood and becoming a mother is transformation. Mm. Um, it's just like any big change that you go through in your life, right? So whether it's changing a job or moving or any of the huge changes that we go through in our lives, it transforms us. It changes us. And there's just not really any escaping that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. How has, how has yoga cultivated tools and understanding what it means to become a mother or motherhood in general? One thing that I really remember from my first teacher training is how confronting it was and I was only I think back to it now it's crazy but I was only like 22 23 when I took my teacher training so really in that like part of your life where you're still figuring yourself out and figuring out who you are and so I really became aware of a lot of things about myself and some of them were positive and some of them I didn't love as much and it was so it was really confronting mm -hmm. and I found that motherhood and becoming a mother has been very much the same experience mm -hmm. um just really deepening my understanding of who I am as a person and the traits about myself that I maybe sort of push push down and um, suppress and the things about myself that are really strong and great too. Um, we had a woman on the show, Scout Shavers, uh, who's a doula, who's a birth worker. And she was yeah. talking about how um, becoming pregnant or becoming a mother can sort of 
uh, unearth the garden that is you and it can bring pieces of you back up to the surface. Would you feel like that's a fair description of becoming a mother? Yeah, I love, that's a really great, um, like visual. I love, yeah. I love the way that she says that, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What has yoga or yoga, te- what was yoga slash yoga teaching like before motherhood? And then what is it like now for you? Well, when I first started teaching full time, and I guess up until, you know, two years ago, I was teaching what would be considered full time in a, you know, yoga teacher or like group fitness, maybe in general teacher sense is just like, 15 to 20 classes a week, like shoving in privates in between that. I mean, my, I'm sure you can relate. My entire schedule is packed with yoga related activities. So there wasn't really anything that I was doing that wasn't yoga related. All of my friends were other teachers or clients. I mean, I was fully immersed in that. Mm -hmm. Um, that was all that I was doing. And, um, I think that because I loved practicing yoga so much um, that really fed into my teaching. And there's this quote, um, I'm trying to think, I think his name is Howard Thurman. And this always really uh, spoke to me was that he said something like, um, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and then go and do it. Um, And I felt like I really that really connected with me when I started teaching because I felt like it was the first thing that really made me feel like I came alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my practice, my personal practice kind of fed my teaching because I just love teaching so much. Mm-hmm. And then when I had my son, I mean, everything changed. My entire focus went from yoga and myself to having to take care of this tiny person. Um, and so that just, you know, my focus completely changed and my practice completely changed. And it went from being a really physical, um, like power vinyasa practice to very like yin and restorative because that was just what my body and my soul needed Mm -hmm. at that point was to really just take care of myself. And, um, my teaching sort of just became what I needed to do to remember who I was outside of being a mom. (laughs) So kind of giving me that outlet to still express, you know, the person that I didn't get to really be in touch with as much because I was so involved in taking care of someone else. I love that yoga has just so many different, has so much variety to it. And like what you're saying to your point of, I was doing more power vinyasa before and then now yin and restorative was what you needed. And what I love about that is like, it was still yoga. It was just, you needed different things through different times of your life. And um, that's why, that's what's so wonderful about yoga. It's like not one size fits all. It's whatever you need, you can take it. (laughs) And yes, there's absolutely something for everyone. And I think that's a really, it's important right because it's hard to if the most like visible yoga practice is definitely I mean for me at least like power vinyasa is the thing that drew me in and I think when you see like 
Instagram models like that they're doing handstands and all of that is amazing it's awesome and it's such a cool thing to be able to do but there's so many facets to it and the meditation and the study and all of those things that there really is something for everyone yeah how long can I ask how long you were teaching um during your pregnancy or was it like up until like the last few weeks or what was that like for you um teaching while pregnant I taught so the company that I was working for at the time my the like owner and the general manager had both just had babies and so um they were really understanding and of what I was going through and just everything that was happening um in my life and so they really encouraged me to like step back as much as I needed to so I like I said was probably teaching 10 to 15 classes a week when I started and then slowly just peeled peeled back to four classes a week, probably by the third trimester. Mm. And then they really, um, they never pressured me, but they really encouraged me to take the final couple of weeks before my due date off completely, just Mm -hmm. in case there were any surprises so that I didn't have to like, you know, stress out about getting a sub last minute or something. Um, But also just so that I could rest, which I didn't fully understand, but they did. And so they really gave me that um, opportunity to just kind of take care of what I needed to. So I think I taught up until 36 weeks because I think I had about four weeks off. Mm. I had him like almost at 40 weeks. So I think I had about four, four weeks off before in between and it was nice. <laughs> yeah. And looking back, you're glad you had that time off. I Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely, yeah, it was appreciated and I found ways to, you know, fill the time and took lots of naps. Yeah, because going from having a full teaching schedule, then it's slowly dwindling, but you still have things you're doing, and then to have nothing in the books whatsoever, that can be, I mean, well, as we're filming this, we're in the, during COVID, and a lot of people are experiencing (laughs) having limitless free time. I mean, that that can be hard to um, navigate if you're not used to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Yeah. I mean, any big change like that is shocking. And I think we're all realizing that collectively right now. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Has becoming a mother inspired any of your current work projects? Absolutely. I think, I mean, just scheduling wise, especially right now, but even before my husband works full time and we didn't, um, we decided not to get childcare before that, just because I was kind of, I wasn't ready to teach too much anyway. So I was teaching just two classes before mm-hmm. all of this happened. Um, now I'm not teaching at all. Uh, and I'm lucky that I don't have to worry about, you know, childcare and taking my son uh, out into the public <laughs> right yeah. now. But that also means that I don't really have a whole lot of free time um, to do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So what I have been working on is some mom and baby yoga classes because I can bring him with me. So it's literally a bring your kid to work day whenever I do teach. So I have been lucky. We were supposed to do a whole series at the local library this summer Mm -hmm. and ended up just filming a couple of classes instead, which was a lot of fun. 
Cool. Well, I'm curious because I've never experienced a class like that. What does that look like, um, Baby and Me yoga class? Like, I imagine it would be shorter than a normal class or mm-hmm. kind of, you want to take us through what that type of class would look like? Yeah, it's it's wild, especially with like the, the tiny babies. So when I first had him, when he was about six weeks old, we actually went to a, a place called the Motherhood Center in Houston, which has a ton of amazing resources for expecting moms and new moms. Um, and they have some great teachers there. So for from about six weeks to, I want to say six months, maybe, I was taking a mom and baby yoga class. And so in those early days, those classes for like the babies who aren't moving yet, it's just a lot of like, holding your baby and breathing, doing a lot of meditation. There's a little bit of movement for mom and then a little bit of just like manipulation you can do with babies, Um, you know, getting their joints moving and some like um, digestion and stuff like that. So just really gentle movement with babies, a little bit of massage Mm -hmm. for the babies. So just a lot of like connecting. Once they get bigger and they can start moving, it just turns into a free-for-all and it's just a lot of you know, the classes are shorter. So I've been teaching 30 minute classes, which is about all that anybody can handle the moms and the kids or the parents and the kids, Uh (laughs) um, you know, it's partner poses. So they can do really simple things like a downward facing dog or tree pose, you know, so you're still manipulating their bodies a little bit. Mm -hmm. Once they get a little bit bigger, they can kind of watch you and follow along which is really cute and sweet too. So it just sort of depends on their age. Once they get bigger and they can start moving, um, they can participate a lot more, but their attention spans are short. So the classes shorten. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, you tell, that makes me think of, I taught at the Austin Area Birthing Center like briefly um, and I had to, I subbed for basically a baby and me class. And it was like, a yoga baby and me class, but really nobody wanted to do the yoga. They just wanted to like, the, you know, it was like social time for the parents because they've been with their babies all day. And I remember how it did feel really wild. Like the kids were just, they're all different ages. And it was just like someone who's not ever around kids. It was like, whoa, the, these little beings have a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me of that moment of like, oh, I'm holding space for this group that these unbridled uh, (laughs) beings, a lot of energy. Yeah, they're, yeah, little kids are amazing. And that is a really, that's a good point too. I remember in the early days when I was going to mom and baby yoga, we did spend probably the first half of the class just talking and checking in and because you really are, especially in the beginning, you're so isolated, just you and your baby at home. So it is really important for people to have somewhere that they can go and feel supported. That's awesome that you got to, got to experience that and, um, you know, hold that space too. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, it, it was definitely one of a kind moment. Hey, 
Hey friends, since we are now in a major world shift and it's even more important now than ever to support one another and stand up for what and who we believe in. And I wanted to have a section in each episode called a spotlight corner. And I want it to highlight black indigenous people of color, LGBTQ plus communities, businesses, and organizations specifically in those areas. And let me say in no way is this a paid advertisement or a sponsorship. It's simply people and organizations who I think are awesome. And I would like to show my support in some way. And I hope to inspire you to support them as well. Somewhat recently, I had the wonderful Scout Shavers on the show. When you get a chance, check it out. It's episode 22, Yoga and Birth. Scout is a birth worker, a birth educator, a doula, a yoga teacher, and the founder of the organization Birth Wild Awake. This organization specifically supports Black, Indigenous, people of color, the doulas, as well as the families. The money is strictly used to provide educational scholarships to these doulas seeking mentorships and skill set to support these families. You may or may not already know, but systematic racism starts at birth. And I really believe in supporting this organization because there is such a need for more support in this particular area of the community. There's a couple of ways you can contribute to her organization. You can either give directly to Birth Wild Awake on Scout's website, scoutwildawake.com forward slash donate. The link to that is in the show notes. There's a donate button that you can click on once you get there, or you can also buy her t-shirts on her website. I have a t-shirt and they are wonderful. They're soft, they fit well, and are high quality. They say on the front of them, black birthing lives matter. I love mine. I wear it all the time. If you're able, please consider supporting Birth Wild Awake. What might you have wished you have known before you became a mother? Hmm. Or what advice <laughs> might you give someone who's thinking about becoming a mother? I think um, I'd like the cliche really is true that there just isn't like a whole lot that anybody can do to prepare you for it. But I know a lot of people, you know, doing things like practicing yoga really help with giving birth, um, just preparing your body. So um, definitely having that practice, the meditation and, you know, pranayama practice as well, just preparing your body for birth and giving birth, that alone is huge. Um, and I've been told too, I think maybe more just anecdotally that people who do practice yoga or exercise have like their babies sleep better when once they're born they're a little bit calmer and have a little bit you know um so I don't know if that's you know that I don't know if there's been any research on that but I have noticed that I mean my son definitely was a good sleeper so whether that's just him or if it's because I practiced yoga the entire time I was pregnant I have no idea, but, um, I think the practice of yoga really, really, um, important. So if you're not practicing yoga now, 
if you're just interested in it and that's why you're listening to this podcast, um, something to get into, even if it's just, or maybe especially if it's the yin, you know, or meditative pranayama practice. Well, isn't it just having that relationship with your body before you go into labor like that? If you don't, I would imagine if you don't have any sort of practice where you're building that relationship to your body, I would imagine pregnancy would be that much harder. Um, like, I can't imagine what that would be like. No, me either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So how is little baby Liam, right? Is his name? Liam, yeah. Yeah. Oh. He's good. He, like you said, he's a ball of energy. Yeah. <laughs> he started walking. I mean, I guess it's been a couple of months now. It goes by so fast. But um, he, once he started walking, there was no rest for us anymore. Oh. He's all over the place. It's <laughs> so fun and he's learning it seems like he learns something new every day and it's just it's really amazing it's it's a it's an amazing experience but yeah he's he's great (laughs) so it's true they really are little sponges absorbing and learning rapidly yeah yeah they hear and see everything happening around them whether you want them to or not Uh, this question could be related to yoga or motherhood or, or completely separate. What might you be curious about right now? I mean, (laughs) I feel (laughs) like, you know, the world right now is in such a, such a spot that there's a lot that I'm curious and wondering about. I'm definitely have a lot of questions about the state of the world lately, but I think, I guess, yoga related. Um, I'm just really curious about, you know, what yoga is going to look like, you know, from where we are now. I mean, I haven't really been practicing or teaching virtually much at all. Um, and maybe I will, you know, like depending on how much longer we're in this situation, that might become something that I delve into a little bit eventually but I am curious what it's going to look like when studios do start to open back up I don't know how it is in Austin but in Houston we don't really most of the studios are not open yet Um, some of them are providing like outdoor classes and I know the studios that are open are really you know limiting the class sizes and not using props or anything like that so I am just curious what when we do eventually go back to what we consider normal, what, what that even looks like. Looks like, yeah. I mean, it might, it might be changed forever. I'm, and I have a separate question. I'm curious about, you know, I know the yoga Austin scene and I know right now in this moment we're doing, it's during COVID. So everything's like shifted on its head, but is the Houston yoga scene big, like the Austin yoga scene or, you know, cause Austin's kind of has this hippie granola vibe wrapped around yeah. it. Is it more prominent here or is it because Houston's also a major city? I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, even in the last five years that I've lived here, the, the yoga scene has really grown so much. Oh. Um, I think probably in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. but there was really only a handful of studios. I don't know if you've heard of Big Power Yoga is yeah. probably the biggest studio or they've been here the longest and so that like if you've 
heard of yoga in Houston, that's probably the place that you've heard of or been to. And even five, seven years ago, that might have been the only studio really that was around, which I know in Austin is definitely not the case. There's more yoga studios there than you can count. But in the last five years, several really amazing studios have opened up. Um, Some women that I was teaching with actually have sort of ventured off and opened up their own studios in different areas of Houston. So it's, it is really growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Houston is so much more spread out, I think, than Austin that there's so many different communities. So it's mm-hmm. not like all of the, all of the studios are really close together. Um, you know, you can drive 30 minutes, an hour in every direction and still be in Houston. And so there's a lot of, um, it's, they're really spread out. So they're coming to more communities where you don't necessarily have to drive 45 minutes to get to a yoga studio anymore, which is awesome. (laughs) That is, yeah. You know, I am, I am curious about the future because on one hand, like I know going back to a yoga studio, a lot of people will have PTSD, you know, about being afraid of getting the virus. And then on the other hand, we're so desperate for community again. It's such a weird, it's such a weird thing. I've been teaching in real life lately, but it's like, it's up, like there's only six people, up to six people allowed in the class. There's a mask. We can't do any hands-on. We can't even get near them. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no props. I mean, but it's indoors and that's how strict it is. And really only like one or two people come to class every time. And I mean, I prefer it because it feels even safer having, and I would like to eventually teach outdoors. Obviously, you know, it's too hot right now. It's August uh, when we're recording this, but it is weird to see. And then teaching online or what I've been seeing, I mean, yoga has always been such an oversaturated market. And then now that same oversaturated mar- saturated market is now all online. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's really interesting that like the careers um, moving forward, like what that's gonna look like. Um, Yeah, I know a lot of teachers at first were doing like Instagram live classes, posting their Venmo, um, you know, just trying to help each other out because everyone was stuck in quarantine and stuck at home and couldn't go into practice. But now that it's sort of, some places are open, some places aren't, you might be working, you might not be working. So it is a little bit more confusing, I think, now because the rules just keep changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, they, yeah, I mean, they don't even really know what's going on, uh, the people, the science, like, it's just, it, it, it is so confusing. But yeah, I mean, it'll, I mean, I think the, the upside to the online teaching is the global audience, which is really cool. Um, yeah. But you have to like figure out how to get that, glo- that global audience. So, yeah, yeah, finding finding the right teacher for you and finding your audience um, has grown, but that's true too. It's not like people aren't just coming to you because you're the place closest to them anymore. They kind of have to seek you out. So, yeah. Um, how do you reset personally these days? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, So I would have said, you know, six months ago, my 
my time to myself was going to a yoga studio and going to a class. And that was my time alone. Um, I did acupuncture, maybe like getting my nails done, something where I could just like be alone for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, yeah, I mean, obviously that's, that's not happening. So I found what's really important or what's really helping my mental health is just being outside. And it's hard because it's the middle of summer in Texas and it's hot, but it really makes a difference going for a walk, be just, you know, sitting outside and reading a book or something, just connecting with some nature, getting some sun and moving your body a little bit has really just made a huge difference for me when we're feeling all cooped up inside together. Oh, I know. I, well, you're, everything you're talking about, like the six months ago, the, I miss acupuncture so much. I miss being in a group class. I mean, we all do, you know, um, but yeah, any excuse to get out of the house and like get out and get some fresh air. I mean, I feel so off if I don't do that. I mean, sometimes I'll just drive in my car to the grocery store and get like one item yeah. I, I have all the groceries I need just so I'm out of the house because <laughs> if I don't get out of the house for some reason, it just, Oh my God. Like it feels like groundhog's day. It's yeah. It's ugh. <laughs> I think that weirdly, I mean, because to be honest, I wasn't leaving the house a whole lot before this just with having, I mean, Liam was only I don't know, nine months old or whatever when this happened. So I was still with him a whole lot. So it is funny how the rest of the world is getting a little bit of a taste of what it's like to have like a baby, you know, you not leaving the house, you're finding any excuse to go out for an hour by yourself just to like leave the house. I mean, it's really honestly like um, everyone is getting a little bit of a taste. If you're ever curious about what it's like to be in that first year with a newborn, like yeah we all yeah were you you a homebody before you got pregnant or or were you more out there just extrovert like what what was it like for you I definitely am more of a homebody and I think especially like because my husband is as well and so like we definitely stay home Mm -hmm. and now I mean I'm 32 so like 10 years ago I was you know maybe not that way, but as I've gotten older, I definitely, you know, just appreciate the time with people that I just really want to be with and don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to just be out all of the time anyway. So that was, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't ready to have a baby probably before two years ago, just because I wasn't really ready to be in that like nesting or that's how I maybe like realized that I was ready for, um, to start a family was just because I was more in that like nesting phase. I was like, okay, I'm happy to just be at home. I don't need so many external, um, things anymore. So it was a natural, um, process, I guess. Very cool. What are, three things about you people may or may not know. Um, hold on, let me rephrase this. What are <laughs> these are my own questions that I'm reading wrong. <laughs> what are three things about you people may not know and might be surprised to learn about you? Uh, I guess depending on, you know, who you are, if 
you've never met me before, or even I guess in the last five years in Houston, maybe um, wouldn't know this about me, but I grew up in Wisconsin. Um, I've only been in Texas. Well, I say only, but it's been 10 years this year since I've been in Texas. So um, that's crazy. But I did grow up in Wisconsin. I went to a small, so that's one thing. I went to a small liberal arts college um, called Ripon College uh, and got my bachelor's degree in psychology. Oh, okay. And I've never um, heard of this college. Yeah, no, no one has. You wouldn't unless you lived in like south, south, um, eastern Wisconsin. It's very small. <laughs> very specific, southeastern Wisconsin. Yeah. Yep. Um, and before I sort of went down the path of getting my teaching certification, I was um, sort of down the path of social work. I did an internship at Health and Human Services my senior year of college. And then when I moved down here, I was working at an emergency um, youth shelter and counseling uh, center. Wow. And then it was burning out already. And it hadn't even been a year since I uh, graduated from college. And so sort of decided to try um, yoga instead. But yeah. So how did, how did that, what did, how, how did that shift? Like what, what was it, what was about going on in that internship, which does sound really intense. How did you make the switch to, I want to now pursue yoga? Um, when I moved to Texas, mm -hmm. I started going to yoga with my mom. Um, and it was sort of an outlet, I guess, honestly, at that point, because the work that I was doing was so stressful. And she thought maybe it would be helpful. Um, she really liked yoga. So I started going with her and just really fell in love with the practice. And the teacher that I primarily went to after I had been practicing with her for about a year, um, sort of just asked me about, you know, how it was going and how I felt about the practice. Um, and I, and I think asked me if I thought about teaching, um, ever because the small town that we were living in didn't have a lot of yoga teachers. And so I connected, she also, um, trained with Giaconda. And so she connected me with Giaconda and I ended up moving to Austin to do my teacher training, not like necessarily thinking that that was going to be, you know, the path that um, led me here, but just sort of for that four months or whatever it was to do my 200 hour teacher training. And then, I mean, the rest is kind of history, I guess. <laughs> I did not realize that. That is, yeah. what a small world that is. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, she was just a teacher that I really loved. And so I wanted to train with her teacher, you know, I wanted to learn what she had learned and become a teacher like she had. So that's definitely advice that I give people to that um, are wanting to do teacher training is to like, you know, ask the teacher that they like, <laughs> who they trained with, if that's the kind of teacher you want to be, you know, that was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Cause she gave me a couple of other places too. She's like, you know, this place and this place exists, but this is my teacher and who I trained with. So I don't know, had I not found Gia 
you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so wild. Um, so what's the third thing? There's, that was two, right? Wisconsin. Was that two? Well, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, Ripon College, Southeastern Wisconsin. Uh -huh. That could be the second thing. And oh, okay. that, yeah, my whole um, background, I guess, leading up to where we are today can be the third. Okay, thing. gotcha. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so where can people find you? Well, <laughs> as we're recording this right now, I'm sitting in my closet, but um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all of those places. Um, I did actually record a few classes a few years back on YouTube. So uh, there are a few classes, if you go to my YouTube page, um, that you can practice along with me. I am hoping that I'll be able to get some uh, either recorded classes on YouTube or maybe some like Instagram live classes. I'd really love to do that. I just haven't been able to find the time yet. But so if you go to Instagram um, is primarily where I post stuff like that. And if I do, if I am able to do that, I'll definitely post it there. Um, I have a website, so once I am teaching public classes again, who knows when that will be, but hopefully eventually I usually post my schedule on my website, and um, you can go to the Facebook page of the Clear Lake County Freeman, um, Clear Lake City County Freeman branch of the Houston Public Library, and they have those uh, baby yoga classes on their Facebook page if you want to do some yoga with your little one. Well, great, and I'll make sure all this information is in the show notes, <laughs> so that link to baby, um, what was it, Mommy and Me Yoga? Yeah, there's, a, there's actually two of them. There's a toddler yoga class, for I want to say two to five years old and then there's a mom and baby or I think it may just be called infant yoga you can you know okay. if you're a dad or a caretaker or anybody you can do yoga with your baby so I think it might be called infant yoga infant yoga okay we'll yeah. make sure I'll make sure to have all that info in the show notes so you're just one click away from connecting to Sean and those awesome videos thank you so much for being on the show Thank you for asking me. It was really a pleasure to be here with you. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode about yoga and motherhood with the knowledgeable Sean Watson. And if you would like to connect with Sean, her contact info is linked down in the show notes. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. If you would like for us to keep going, please hit that subscribe button. Please consider joining our Patreon. There are great member perks such as shout outs on the show. We send you podcast stickers and a love note and so much more. You can find out more info about that in our show notes as well. If you would like to help the podcast, please leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. 
If you would like to connect with us further, our email is yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. The and is spelled out, Y-O-G-A-A-N-D, podcast at gmail. Please follow us on Instagram at yoga and podcast and let us know if you have any requests for future episode topics. We now have merch such as coffee mugs, tote bags, t-shirts, and more designed by yours truly. You can check that out on my website at ashleyweberyoga.com forward slash podcast. Remember, this podcast is for everyone. If you are a human living on planet Earth, you might benefit from listening to Yoga and Podcast. See you next week.